thank you uh, for watching tonight and pray that you have had a good day that you have been able to accomplish what the Lord has wanted for you um, I just always do appreciate um, all of you who watch each evening I know many of you watch um, later on or in the next day and so I want to thank you for that tonight as we start a new chapter in the book of Judges we're almost done um, just uh, chapters 19 20 and 21 left but I would say that chapter 19 in the book of Judges is probably um, one of the hardest, most challenging um, chapters I've ever taught through. It is very similar to the chapter in Genesis with Sodom and Gomorrah, um, just because the Bible... <clears throat> does not skip the ugly parts of human history. It doesn't skip the theme things that are shameful to name. It doesn't skip things that make people look good or bad. It just tells you an accurate rendering of the Jewish people and their history. In the New Testament, it's the same thing. It doesn't just tell us the good or the bad. It tells us the history. And tonight, so I want you to understand over the next few nights as we really slow down and try to pack unpack this together, that just because the Bible addresses something doesn't mean it condones it. It just means this is what happened. That's why I believe so faithfully in the Bible as the Word of God. Because if man wrote the Bible, it would have left out all the ugly parts. It had been written in a perspective that made people look good. That's what we do. Most, almost always when we tell stories, we tell stories that make ourselves look good. We don't like to tell the bad parts. But an accurate review of what God has done shows us that even in the most wicked of times, even in the most hopeless of situations, that God can still forgive, that God still has a purpose, and God still has a plan. And so in this passage of Scripture, I'm just going to give you a really quick overview of this chapter and then we're going to go right through it and really just see what God has for us. So there is a priest who has a wife who runs off and leaves him, goes back to her father's house. He goes, gets her, spends time with the father. They reconcile. On their trip home, no one will welcome them in to a wicked city. And they ended up taking his wife and doing despicable things to her. Um, and then he does some 
crazy things, and the nation of Israel goes to battle. And so if I was titling this series that we're going to just unpack over the next few nights and weeks, it would be, at our ugliest, God still loves us. At our ugliest, God still loves us. And so we're just going to jump right in tonight with what little time we have left. Starting in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel. That's a key phrase that means no one was in charge. Wickedness was running rampant. But there was a certain Levite staying in the remote mountains of Ephraim. He took for himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. But his concubine played the harlot against him and went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah and was there four whole months. Um, This was not a concubine probably in what you're thinking. This was a legal wife. Um, But in this day and age, um, when they were having this, it was a legal marriage. Um, And the problem was, though, and I want to read you this commentary, priests could marry, though a concubine wife, which was usually a slave, was culturally legal, the practice was not accepted by God, okay? So this woman was legally his wife, but most likely she was a slave. And the Bible says that was not okay (laughs) to force someone to marry you against their will, to have a slave against their will like this. And so it just sets the setting for at our ugliest, God still loves us. And so this young lady goes back to her father's house. And let's just continue on in verse three. Then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back, having his servant and a couple of donkeys with him. So she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the young woman saw him, he was glad to meet him. Now his father-in-law, the young woman's father, detained him and stayed with him three days. So they ate and drank and lodged there. So in this situation, this young lady um, must have legally been married, but was okay with it. She loved her husband. She um, wanted to be with her husband, but for whatever reason, she went home. Uh, We don't know if it was for someone else to be with. We don't have any details. All we know is this woman left her husband, but yet when he came to find her, she wanted him to be welcomed in. The father understands that apparently this young lady has been treated well. We don't know anything to the contrary. Welcomes him into the home, and they are drinking, fellowshipping, and extending hospitality. Now you say, Jake, I just don't understand that. If my daughter had been married, but yet could possibly have been a slave, I I would want that man to stay away from her. Well, we just don't know the details. All we know is that in this case, this is a broken mess. It is ugly in every single way. But yet, 
this father recognizes that in this culture, the woman in this story could be punished severely for leaving her husband. Wasn't like today where we have moved beyond that. And so he is recognizing that by doing good to this man, he is protecting his daughter. He is giving him a reason to show them that this marriage can work, that that even in this ugly, broken situation, there's hope. And it goes on to say, as we wrap up tonight, that it came to pass on the fourth day that they arose early in the morning, and he stood to depart. But the young woman's father said to his son-in-law, Refresh your heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go on your way. So they sat down, and the two of them ate and drank together. Then the young woman's father said to the man, Please be content to stay all night, and let your heart be merry. And when the man stood up to depart, his father-in-law urged him, so he lodged there again. And so if you read on, then he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. But the young woman's heart said, father said, Please refresh yourself. So they delayed into the afternoon. Both of them ate. You see, in this setting, a family that had been ripped apart, a family that was put together under terrible circumstances, is trying to be one. They're trying to uh, refresh each other. They're trying to uh, bless each other. They're trying to make this ugly situation work. The father-in-law is doing all he can to show that he loves his daughter. He loves his son-in-law, no matter the circumstances. And you say, Jake, I just don't understand this. Friends, many times in your life, the ugliness of a situation will be forced upon you by someone else. Someone else will speak evil of you in the community causing people to want nothing to do with you. Your son or daughter will marry a young lady or a young man, and that relationship will be a broken mess. Maybe you have a couple grandkids and their marriage ends, and it's just a broken, uh, heartbreaking situation. You didn't cause that. But in those ugly situations, you cannot change other people. All you can do is be godly in the ugliness. And this father, recognizing that, says, I'm going to be as hospitable, as welcoming, and as generous to my son-in-law as possible. Why? Because the Bible says that we are to love our enemies, to pray for those to persecute us, to to do good to those, and it's like heaping hot coals upon their head. Now, most of us, if we're honest tonight, when situations turn ugly, we see how ugly we can get in response. But tonight, the one lesson I want you to learn as we just go through this, and it's going to be a long little series here, is in the middle of the most ugly situations in your life. Choose godliness. Even regardless of everyone else is speaking unkind of you, don't speak unkind of others. If other people are slandering you, 
you just keep telling the truth. In those moments where people try to hurt and wrong you, forgive and share Jesus with them. You see, tonight I can't change the ugly situations that you're going through. I can't change the ugly situation that this family went through. But what we can take from that is, in the middle of the ugliness, God loves us and we can extend the love of God to other people. And so I pray that you'll tune in tomorrow night and then next week as we continue to walk through this about seeing God's love in the ugly situations of life. And so as always, may God richly bless you. And if the Lord is willing and the rapture doesn't happen, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night.